Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 603rd edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. Get your daily reading from me and other writers once again at beyond the 90substackcom as well as Red Bull News Network. And always, this show is about the American game, and that is what we will talk about Today, chat room is open. Come on in, discuss amongst yourselves if you like. You have a question for me. I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, happy Open Cup week. Yes, Open Cup final week here on the American soccer calendar as we are getting ready once again for tomorrow night on both CBS Sports Network, Paramount Plus, Telemundo through NBC and their Peacock site. We're going to have Inter Miami hosting the Houston Dynamo at DRV PNK Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The most anticipated championship final the Open Cup has ever had. Now, once again, tonight's show... We will be talking to those amateur clubs who have taken the invitation to talk about themselves and why they want to be involved to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup in the 2024 edition. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I cannot wait to see what will happen when these teams will now advance, having their first round buys. Now moving on to the second round to take on either against another opponent who earned a second round, a first round buy, or those clubs that have won their opening round matches. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I cannot wait. But before we even get to that, of course, the major news that's been going on, not only down in Florida, South Florida, around the country and on social media, will Lionel Messi play in the final? Is he going to start? Is he going to come off the bench? Is he healthy enough to play? And, you know, while it's wonderful to have him here, and You know, I have to give Lionel Messi a lot of credit that he is such a giving player. He cares about what the people think of him. He cares about his image. He feels that as long as you respect him, he will respect you. He has that with Inter Miami. He has that with his teammates. He has that with the front office, with the ownership. And, of course, he has it with his old friends like in Jordi Alba, Sergio Busquets, as well as the head coach in Tata Martino. 
you know, the short amount of time he's been here, he has put too much on his plate. Let's just be fair and say what it is. Once he arrived, he went straight into League's Cup, straight into it. After subbing in against Cruz Azul, he started every single match until he got to the Open Cup semifinals and started that one, played the entire 120 minutes, and then, of course, got his break by not starting against the Red Bulls, came on at the hour mark, and yes, he got his goal in Red Bull Arena, but since then, playing in MLS, it's been on and off, on and off. He is probably exhausted. He is probably already tired. He has already probably felt some fatigue. And I wouldn't be shocked if he has a muscle issue. Now, when you brought Lionel Messi over, and I understand that MLS is going to get their percentage of the gate from the tickets sold. Wherever he goes, not just in Miami, at the home games, but going on the road wherever the remaining of the schedule is for Inter-Miami. Now, I'm not here to tell you what you should believe in or what you should think if you are an Inter-Miami supporter or even if you are a Lionel Messi supporter. But the point is is that he's going to be here for the next several years. He's going to remain in Miami for the next several years. Now, depending on whenever he calls it a career and he decides to become a part owner of Inter-Miami itself, that's down the road. That's down the line. I, I have no idea what he's going to do for the future. I don't even know if he'll go back to Barcelona and be a part of their uh, front office maybe. Um, I mean, obviously, he'll be a, a legend there. That's not a problem that we all know he never wanted to leave Barcelona. But the truth is, is that at this point in time, we don't know what he's going to do. And when it comes to the Open Cup tomorrow night, if he does play this match – I mean, I mean, honestly, I, I think he's going to get maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, I don't expect him to get 30 this time around. Do I think he's going to start? No, I don't think so. And I'm not saying this to make everyone upset. I'm not saying this to let everyone know, ha ha, well, you've been fooled. No, I, look, this is a terrible thing if he doesn't play. Because look at all the good he's done so far since coming over here. Ever since the rumors have been going around that he's coming to MLS, that he's going to play at Inter-Miami, when Inter-Miami won their quarterfinal match against the Birmingham Legion of USL Championship over in Progressive Stadium in, Birmingham, in downtown Birmingham, Alabama. I mean, without a doubt, everyone knew he was coming. So you see everything that's going on here. TYC Sports out of Argentina, they're, they, you know, they, they want to broadcast that match because it's messy. You look at all the international contracts that are coming to U.S. soccer because they want to see Messi. They want to see him play 
They want to see him earn another championship. I mean, without a doubt, they want to see him earn a championship. But is it at the level of forcing him to play, at least have the nerve to say to him, no, you got to rest. You got to sit here because it's a whole different ball game. Because even though, even though the United States is a wonderful place to be in, and you don't have to worry about this, you don't have to worry about that. You can blend in whenever you can, even though at times it's going to be difficult for him because everyone's going to know where the hell he is. Everyone's already running to training earlier today, catching a glimpse of Messi because of this situation that he is in the Open Cup. He's with Miami anyway. Don't get me wrong. I, I want to have Messi in the final. I want him there. Absolutely. He's the best footballer right now in this country, in the world. But, you know, are we going to be detrimental about it? And I'll say something right now. And I'm not saying this because it's against MLS. I don't want to say it because it's against MLS because it's not. If you are an Inter-Miami fan, it, the idea is for him to be on that deal for the entire contract because you want him for next year and the year after that and the year after that. And it's not just playing in MLS in the regular season. It's also more Open Cups, more Leagues Cup, the CONCACAF Champions Cup now he's going to get involved with, MLS regular season, MLS playoffs. Forget about the playoffs this year in your Miami, because even if you do make it by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin, it'll be a miracle. But honestly, right now, honestly, you got to worry about what's going to happen Wednesday night at your stadium. Is he going to play the whole game? Is he going to play a part of the game? Because there's no way he's starting. So he's coming off the bench, whether you'll want it or not. That's the situation we have here, folks. That's the situation with this Open Cup Championship Final that's going to be on Wednesday night. Once again, live, both English language, CBS Sports Network, Paramount Plus, Spanish, NBC's Telemundo, and Peacock app or website. Without a doubt, this is the biggest star in world football history right now that is in the Open Cup Final. You can't get it any bigger and better than that. No Thierry Henry. I don't even remember if David Beckham was ever in the final of the Open Cup back in the day. He might have. But, you know, this is where we got to concentrate on, folks. The spectacle that is the Open Cup. And let me also say this as well. And, you know, once again, it's not just what happens with Messi after this, whatever remaining games are here in this current season. Once again, I keep saying it's the next year and then the following year and then the following year and then the following year. But we got to make this important from now all the way down, even when he is no longer playing. Because this is what we need to make this spectacular, period, 
plain and simple. That's all I'm saying. Because once again, this is a national championship of American soccer. The championship final tomorrow night, Wednesday, September the 27th, is on the line. One of these two teams will be the American soccer national champion. And this is what we are hoping to watch, a great match. Messi is a caveat, but the hope is he can come in sometime in the second half and bring his influence in. What he did in the semifinals against Cincinnati was unbelievable. How he marked, he excuse me, how he hooked up with Leo Campagna and they buried both balls to come back down 2-0 to make it 2-2, then they made it 3-2, then uh, Cincinnati made 3-3, and Miami lasted throughout the penalty kick shootout 5-4. This is why I always stress this. This is why I always talk about this. This is why I always say to you guys, this is important. Because this is about winning a championship, no matter where it comes from. And Miami could pull a DC United when they were out of the playoffs, but defeated Real Salt Lake in Salt Lake to win a championship that everyone said they probably didn't deserve. But you know what? In the Open Cup, everything's thrown out the window. And that is why the magic of the U.S. Open Cup is so glorious. It's not just an amateur team or a lower division team that can upset the top division team and win the championship like the Rochester Rhinos did back in 1999. It is also a team that's having a horrible league season. They have no business being involved in the playoffs, let alone win a championship. But if they go on a run in the Open Cup, there you have it. DC United did it. Miami, dead in the water. Even though they were winning in the Open Cup, and now, now, this is their opportunity to host and possibly defeat the Houston Dynamo to be the second team, not going to make the playoffs in MLS, but they won the Open Cup. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I got a great show for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. My first guest tonight, as we preview the second round of Open Cup qualifying for the 2024 edition, this gentleman is joining me right now as he is the owner of the club that plays in central New Jersey. It is called, and I hope I pronounce it correctly, it's either Real or Real Central New Jersey. <laughs> it is Mr. Ira Jersey that joins me tonight. Ira, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the invitation, and how are you, sir? I am great. Uh, it is real central New Jersey, by the way, because as we know, because it was just signed into law, central Jersey is real. And, uh, you know, we wanted to be in front of that when we started the club a couple of years ago. Absolutely. And thank you. For, I just wanted to make sure that I had the pronunciation correctly, because I know the real royal person in New Jersey is no longer around, said 1770, whatever. But uh, <laughs> but I just want to make sure it was pronounced correctly from you. Um, you know, I, I talk about the Open Cup, obviously. You know, I love the competition, you know, whether you watch the FA Cup in England or any 
FA Cups in Europe or even, you know, they brought back a Copa Mexico down with the Mexican Football Federation and everything. And what does this mean to you now that your club is getting an opportunity to qualify, not through four, but three rounds of it to attempt to be somewhere that other New Jersey amateur clubs have been in, and now you're getting your first taste of it? Yeah, so actually this is our second taste. We actually fell to the Jackson Lions last year in the uh, first round of qualifying by by a goal. Um, so, we, the, you know, this is one of the premier tournaments in the country, right? The, one of the great things about the Open Cup or any Open Cup, it's, it can become, and, and you want it to become, minnows versus giants, right? You wanted a David versus Goliath. I mean, those are the great stories that you get in, uh, in cup competitions. And, you know, our goal is, is obviously to make it through qualifying, and we would love to be the amateur team that goes the furthest in the competition this year. Um, you know, I think there's a certain amount of prestige when you look at Lansdowne Yonkers that plays in the same league that we do, uh, when you look at other teams like that that have – you know, basically created grassroots soccer and kept adults playing at a reasonably high level, um, you know, getting the chance to go out and, and hopefully play a professional team next spring. Um, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Let these guys test themselves. Um, in our club, we have a lot of guys who would like to play pro and a couple that I think have the ability to. So um, it, it's a great uh, venue to showcase their abilities. Now, if I could ask you this, where in New Jersey is the club located, and what uh, town or city is it close to that we're probably familiar with? Uh, well, yeah, it, we're right in between. Where I live is right in between Princeton and Trenton. So we're based in uh, Mercer County, New Jersey. Uh, we play at uh, at Ryder University and Mercer County Community College, which are you know quite close to uh, to Trenton and Princeton. Uh, most of our players are from here as well, although there's a few from from the outlying areas around. Um, you know, we, we're a little bit different than some other local. Um, adult clubs because we do train, uh, we do have professional coaching, um, and we treat it like more like a semi-professional environment. So, so with with our Eastern Premier Soccer League team, which is the full year um, adult team that plays the September through June season, um, we treat it very similarly to how we do our USL League Two, which is a summer league that I, I know you talk about on occasion. You know, it's it's one of the um, a, a venue for mostly college players in the summer, along with NPSL. Um, but we, we treat our EPSL team very much like the USL2 team. We don't train quite as often just because, you know, most of these guys have families and jobs, but we do, uh, we, we, we do have a very similar uh, training regime to, uh, for, for all of our squads. No, that's absolutely fantastic. And who, are, who do you normally play against? Like, obviously, you said Lansdowne Yonkers. You've played against them. Anyone else that we're familiar with uh, from New York, New Jersey, even those teams that are probably in the NPSL as well? Do you play those teams as well? So we, we have played in, in friendlies against a lot of those teams, the Hobokins and, and um, the, uh, like I said, the Jackson Lions that are known from their, uh, their, their time in, uh, in, in the Garden State Soccer League and also Open Cup, um, uh, uh, you know, Open Cup perennials <laughs> pretty regularly. Um, so we play in the, uh, for the EPSL team, the current team that's competing and qualifying, we play in the uh, Mid-Atlantic, excuse me, the Delaware River Conference. So most of the teams that we play are in Pennsylvania. So uh, Kensington SC, uh, we play uh, Philadelphia Soccer Club, Philadelphia Heritage. So these are teams that are um, grew up in, in CASA, which is a regional league in uh, in the Philadelphia area, and they've they basically. Uh, 
promoted their way out of those uh, uh, those that league into the EPSL. Um, uh, our USL2 team, we play in the Mid-Atlantic Division. So we play uh, Reading United, which used to be the Reading Rage. We play Ocean City Nor'easters, which is, again, an Open Cup perennial. They'll be in the Open Cup again this year because they won our division. Um, we are, they're our bogey, we're their bogeyman, but unfortunately we, just, um, we have yet to actually take three points from them, but we've taken – four points from them uh, every year <laughs> that we've been in League Two. So for, for us, it's, it's, a, it's a decent, um, uh, you know, decent results that we get against them. We just can't quite, you know, get over the, get over the hump to beat them. So Ocean City is so strong in, in USL League Two. Um, they're, they're the team to beat. We're all chasing them right now at this point. What amazes you in that area? Because obviously you've got the New York Red Bulls over in Harrison. You've got the Philadelphia Union not far away, obviously, uh, down in Chester. Um, you know, the amount of talent that, that comes your way, whether it be in South Jersey, Central Jersey, maybe even a little bit from Philadelphia. And, of course, you, like you said, you play at Ryder, which is not far away at all from Princeton. I mean, what amazes you how much talent is there and, and all the years we've had MLS here for over 25 years that everything is continuing to get better and better and better for you to pick uh, whoever you want to bring over to the club. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, you know, recruiting is, is difficult because soccer is growing. There's now in USL League 2, there's, there's 120-odd teams. Um, in EPSL, obviously, you know, the division that we play in didn't exist three years ago. So, you know, it's, this is our third, third season, and we now have, you know, 10 teams vying for uh, spots in the playoffs and the championship. Um, you know, interestingly that you mentioned the professional teams in the area between the Red Bulls and the Union, um, because one of our aspirations is to join the professional ranks and put a lower division soccer team right here in central Jersey, whether it's here in uh, Mercer County or like Middlesex up near New Brunswick, but somewhere here in central Jersey, because we are a soccer hotbed, right? And, and when you think about the New York Red Bulls or the Philadelphia Union, even with their two teams, they can't have more than 46 players realistically, right? Maybe maybe 60 tops, right? And, and New Jersey produces so much awesome talent. It'd be, you know, there are people who definitely fall through the cracks, and we'd love for them to be able to play in a professional environment, be professional players, you know, train four days a week, play one day a week, have a recovery day, have a day off, and then, um, you know, do that hamster wheel again. Um, so we are looking right now, we're working with the United Soccer League to, uh, to, to have potentially a men and women's uh, professional uh, team right here in Central Jersey, kind of to fill in the gap between where the Red Bulls and the Union um, uh, uh, operate, and and you know offer a very local uh, community grassroots offering right here. Um, you know we already work with some of our local uh, youth clubs and youth affiliates. We have them come out to our USL two games, and it makes for a great environment to have you know these kids be ball kids and and you know playing soccer tennis at halftime and stuff like that. It's just um, you know you know we're really trying to build a grassroots fan. Uh, fan-centric club. Do you have uh, any former players uh, from those MLS teams or at least any former players from the past that uh, have come and said to you, I'd like to uh, coach your kids or get an opportunity, you know, obviously they have to get a coaching license, but do you have any <laughs> former professionals that are helping you coaching some of these kids? Uh, so, so we don't right now. Um, we, we have a lot of people that we have in our 
um, I, I should say, in our, our extended family, you know, coaches in USL League One, uh, some former college coaches. We have a former college coach is the head coach of our um, of our first team. Um, so, and he he was the William Patterson coach for 30 years, and and as a match fit um, staff coach. So he he coaches our our first team. Um, on the uh, you know, we we have a very young squad. In fact, a lot of the people that we have on our team. Um, many of them uh, played in college, played D1, D2, D3, you know, weren't quite good enough to go pro but still wanted to remain in a competitive environment. Um, we do have one player that joined us. Uh, he played for the Michigan Stars in the professional leagues. He's uh, in, in uh, Michigan. And um, so, so he's our only former professional um, uh, in uh, you know who came recently, we do have some people. So, so uh, Ronald Ventura, he was a former U20 El Salvadoran national team player, played for the DC United Academy, um, uh, got injured, and now is uh, is playing for us. He's co- he's actually coaching for the New York Red Bulls academy teams uh, or pre-academy teams. And uh, and uh, let me think. Actually, we do. Have <laughs> it's funny that you mention that because now that I go through the list, I read Tom Tom Johnson. He played in the third division of um, of Spain, and then but he's from the Trenton area, so he came back uh, after after his stint in Spain. Uh, we have someone actually now, uh, uh, Jay Tarulo, uh, who he um, went over to Spain. So he's 19, 20 years old, played for us last year, went over to Spain, and is now playing in the third division of Spain himself. So, so we do have some people who are at a level very close to the pro level, maybe not Major League Soccer level, but I think some of these guys could definitely play in USL Championship and USL League One um, if you're thinking about you know, the domestic uh, soccer scene. No, absolutely. Let's go to the college team for a moment. Now, I, I went to Ramapo College, so the New Jersey Athletic Conference oh, has always we, we been a one tough, of our one of our USL two players goes to Ramapo. So Kyle Allen, oh, really? uh, Who's that? down here. Yeah, his name is Kyle Who's Allen. This? Uh, his name okay. is Kyle Allen. He he lives in uh, he lives in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, and uh, played for our USL Academy team, and then uh, uh, played for a USL two team before he went to uh, Ramapo, and uh, you know came back and played for us again this this year. So yeah, he's a, he's an attacking player for uh, for Ramapo. Oh, all right. Well, that's, that's awesome to hear. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. But I was going to say, I mean, look, you know, up and down in the Division Three level, I mean, everyone always looks at Rutgers. I know they're in the Big Ten. And I mean, they just recently won the Big Ten championship last year uh, on the men's side. And that's great. Obviously, we all know Carly Lloyd came out of Rutgers and the women's team being a part of the national team, of uh, course, uh, recently, you know, was on the uh, Fox Sports uh, broadcasts at the studio over in Australia, New Zealand for the Women's World Cup that just recently happened. Um, but you know as well as I do, you know, you got the two side Rutgers schools, the satellite schools in Newark and Camden, College of New Jersey, Rowan, uh, William Patterson, Keene. Uh, as I said, Ramapo, Montclair State. Of course, Montclair State is the powerhouse of the soccer division, unfortunately. But well, do you take a look and see what happens over there as well? You try to entice some of these players when they're done with college to come to you guys, or do you have your guys go to these colleges in New Jersey and say, listen, you should go to this school, go to that school, or something like that? So, so the the answer to both of those is yes, um, on both ways. In fact, we we have a player now who's who's playing for a Division three school in um, in Pennsylvania who had played for us for a year. Kind of took a gap year between high school and college. Didn't really know what he wanted to do, and then um, ultimately applied to a school. And you know, I was part of the you know used me as a reference to, to go there, and and he's playing soccer at the D three level at a school in Pennsylvania. Um, so so yeah, so our one of our big recruiting 
pieces. So, so there's two, two basic groups of people that we have in our team. First are former college players. So they're guys who uh, graduated uh, from, um, you know, from a college, whether it's D1, D2, D3, NAIA, doesn't really matter, um, but who live in the area and want to continue playing soccer competitively. So that, that's first. So we have guys who went to Arcadia, guys who went to Newman University over in Philadelphia, you know, like you said, TCNJ. We do have Rutgers, uh, uh, Rutgers New Brunswick. We have formerly uh, Rutgers Camden guys. So, so yeah, so all of those all of those collegiate schools. But then we have guys who didn't go to school. So I would say about a third of our team, um, for whatever reason, you know, whether it was academics or they had to go work to support their families, they could have played. They are collegiate-level players, but they weren't able to go to college for whatever reason. So they're playing for us now. And, you know, it, we're, we're very lucky to have some of those players. A lot are, are immigrants, so they're people who came here when they were 13, 14, 15. English isn't their first language. And, you know, some of them work incredibly hard. And, in fact, a couple of those guys, um, you know, we, who played in our EPSL team played in our USL2 team this year. And, you know, some of those players, I think, are, are the players that really have the ability to jump to the professional ranks um, if they get the right opportunity. Opportunity. Uh, they have their green cards, so therefore they count as domestic players. Like that's a big thing that I think is underappreciated. We have a lot of international players coming to play college soccer now in the U.S. And because of that, um, you know, the, the, it's harder and harder in some ways to get college players who are domestic-based and play in USL or MLS because you're limited to the number of international roster spots you have. So, so having your green card, you count as a domestic player. So that's a big help for a few of these players that are trying to go uh, play professional soccer. Absolutely, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen there. Now, of course, let's go ahead. You Once again, uh, you have a first-round bye, so you didn't have to worry about being in the opening round, but you're going to be taking on the United German Hungarians, obviously a very tough customer in uh, Pennsylvania. They have been uh, one of the, uh, shall we say, the dominant amateur sides in all of Eastern PA. I mean, let's not forget Westchester United as well. They've done well either as an amateur in the NPSL, even USL League 2. Uh, what is it about this United German-Hungarian uh, side that uh, you are concerned about? Or what maybe you may have an advantage this time around, depending on what you're going to be facing uh, this upcoming weekend? Yeah, so so you know I've watched some tape and and you know we've been working with the with the team. In fact, uh, I just sent out my my no, game notes uh, just a couple of minutes ago before we started uh, b- before you went on air. So I, I think that we have an advantage in that we'll be a bit younger and pretty physical. Um, but we also have do have a young team, and because of that, um, you know that that is con- a little bit concerning to me because you, your speed of thought and sometimes you, you you know make little mistakes that more seasoned players who have played the game another four or five years um, you know tend not to make. And so I think that the that that UGH will be uh, will be very smart. I think that they'll be very organized, and uh, you know we're going to have to break down their organization. Um, and and really for us, we just need to limit our mistakes. Like we've um you know, we've only played three league games so far this year um and in in all of those games the the goals that we've given up have 
almost all of them have been our own mental errors, right? It hasn't been the other team beating us. We've almost beaten ourselves. So we need to make sure we limit those mistakes, particularly in the back. Um, and, uh, you know, as, assuming we have the personnel that I, I think that we're going to have and we have our whole first team, um, I think we'll, we'll be a little bit more physical. They'll be a little bit more composed, I think, will be the way to put it. And, uh, you know, we have to match their uh, – we, we just have to be really intense and make sure that when we win the ball, uh, we use it wisely. Um, because I think that we will get out possessed in this game, but um, but at the same time, I think we have we have enough talent in our attacking four that I think we'll uh, we'll, we'll create a lot of chances. We, we've outshot our opponents so far this year, sixty to uh, sixty to twenty-two. So um, it's just a matter of us getting our shooting boots on and putting some balls on frame, and I think that we'll be okay. No, I bet I bet you will, and I think everything's going to be uh, right as rain for you guys. And obviously, it's going to be a big, big matchup over there, and uh, can't wait to see what's going to happen. Then you'll you, hopefully you'll be moving on to the third round, and but we'll see what happens moving uh, forward here with these qualification rounds. But listen, Ira, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. Good luck in the Open Cup qualification round this upcoming weekend. Um, I know tomorrow night you'll be watching the final, but still though, uh, the more important game is for you guys <laughs> this upcoming weekend, and it should be a fun one, I think. I, I agree. You know, it's it's funny that you know we've, we're already working on the 2024 duration of this tournament, where the final is actually tomorrow night, right? So it's 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 a year-round process for the guys who organized the uh, the Open Cup over. Well, I was about to say Soccer House. I guess they're technically not there anymore. Um, but 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 the folks at US Soccer who put this on, it's it's a real significant effort. Um, in, in fact, it's yeah, you know the the one of the interesting aspects of of the Open Cup itself is that it it, it forces us to play. In a professional with professional rules and in a more professional environment we don't usually have a fourth official we don't usually have to have only five subs right all of those things are are new in this tournament to a club like ours and certainly a club like UGH that that you know we have different uh, substitution rules and and usually different set of referees so it'll be really fun to, to play in this tournament again Oh, absolutely, and uh, you never know. If you can go all the way to the end of it and make it to the first round, then you wonder who you're going to be drawn with in that opening round. So that's going to be exciting and a lot of fun. Once again, Ira, thank you for so much for your time. I really do appreciate it, and uh, good luck once again this weekend. Thanks very much, Danny. Thank you. That's Ira Jersey from Real Central New Jersey as they are about to get ready with their qualification rounds this upcoming weekend. It should be exciting and it should be a lot of fun. Before we move on to our next guest, obviously, uh, we've got some time here. Uh, let's quickly review uh, the opening round matches that have already been played this past September 9th and 10th uh, on the eastern side. It was a 1-0 victory by DCFC over MoCo 1776 FC. Virginia Revolution, unfortunately, only got one goal. They fell to the Agen Hawks as the home team by a final of four goals to one. Lansdowne Yonkers defeating Olay Football Club 3-0 over at Brooks, Tibbetts Brooks Park in uh, Yonkers, uh, just along the Sawmill Parkway, Sawmill River Parkway, excuse me. Uh, once again, they're on the move into the next round. Hurricane FC falls to O'Shea's FC by a final of four goals to two. It was a penalty kick shootout as this whole match was a shootout. Philadelphia Heritage SC uh, leveled the match with Kensington SC at 3-3, but in the shootout, it was Philadelphia Heritage defeating Kensington 3-0 
on the shootout. Another one-goal victory by the New York Pennsylvania Freedoms over the New York Braveheart SC. And then you have Dade County uh, losing to Miami Soccer Academy by a final of four goals to one. The Manhattan Kickers fall to the New York Renegades, clean-sheeted 5-0 by the New York Renegades. And then it's Zum Schneider FC 3 They defeat the New York Greek Americans by a final of three goals to one. They advance into the second round. Uh, in the West region of the qualification opening round, the Battle of San Francisco as Inter San Francisco beats the San Francisco Vikings one goal to nil. Marion County Union falls to the Olympic Club by a final of five goals to one. Valley 559 FC defeating Real San Jose to nil. Alamo City Soccer Club defeating Central Texas Lobos four goals to nil. Another one that goes in the penalty kick shootout. 2-2 through regulation extra time. Uh, but it is 5-4 in the penalty kick shootout as Holak FC defeats Bellevue Athletic Club. Capo FC on the road again, doing it again. 4-1 victory over Laguna United FC. Bay Area United defeating Jasa RWC, six goals to two. Bose FC, those crazy guys at Harpo's at the bar, doing it again. 2-1 victory over the Colorado Rovers. And it's a 7-up for Azteca FC as they take out Peak 11 Football Club. And once again, Azteca FC is doing it again in the amateur side on the western side. FC Folsom defeating Balborn FC three goals to two. Irvine Zeta FC defeating Irvine FC three goals to one. And the University of California Davis Club soccer side defeating Elk Grove Blues by a final of seven goals to one. So they got their seven, but it's not a seven up. It's got to be seven nil for that to happen. And now we move on into the second round schedule for 2024 Open Cup qualifying. Once again, these matches will be played on Saturday, September the 30th, and Sunday, October the 1st. Here is the eastern side of the brackets. And here we go. I always have a problem pronouncing their last name. Oh, excuse me, not their last name, but their their name because I feel like I'm I'm just butchering it, but I'm gonna give it a shot here. Uh Vieringung Erzgeberge. It's probably something German. I don't know. I'm trying my best, but I always know that I am uh butchering it, so I apologize to them. And I'm sorry. They'll be hosting the Philadelphia Heritage. Villa Real FC Virginia will be hosting Steel Pulse FC. Valhalla FC hosting the Chicago Strikers. Arlington, Virginia hosting Yins United. Mint Hill FC hosting the South Carolina United Heat. Leg AZ World FC. <coughs> Excuse me. They will be hosting Royal Palm Soccer Club. Florida Premier FC hosting Clearwater Chargers SC. Orlando FC Wolves hosting Harbor City FC. Hodler at Miami FC hosting City Soccer FC. 
Battle of Chicago clubs, Chicago House AC hosting Wisloka Chicago. Edgewater Castle FC hosting Berber City FC. O'Shea's FC hosting Parkland Soccer Club. Terminus FC hosting Kalanji Pro Profile. Majestic Soccer Club hosting North Georgia United. FC Omens hosting Brockton FC. Colonial SC hosting Philadelphia Ukraine's Nationals. And once again, we already talked to Ira about this. The United German Hungarians are hosting Real Central New Jersey. Sahara Gunners hosting IASC Boom. That's the Western New York battle. FC Birmingham taking on the Tennessee Tempo FC. Florida Brothers taking on the Miami Soccer Academy. Boston Street FC hosting CD Fayolens. New Jersey Alliance hosting SC Vistula Garfield. Deportivo Lake Mary FC hosting CFL Gosa Spurs. Soccer Paradise FC hosting Miami United FC. The New York Renegades will be hosting the Zoom Schneider FC 03. The New York Pancyprian Freedoms hosting Lansdowne Yonkers. Agen Hawks hosting Christos FC. DC FC hosting Nova FC. Even though I think I've got that wrong, let me just double check. Nope, that's correct. Now we go to the west side of things. Ford, Foro, excuse me, it's Foro FC hosting 1015 FC. Temecula FC hosting Murrieta Soccer Academy. Santa Monica Surf hosting the Trojans FC. And of course, that is a club made out of students that attend the University of Southern California. They are not officially a men's soccer club in the collegiate ranks. That's why they are amateur. Inter San Francisco hosting of the Olympic Club. Valley 559 F, uh, Valley 559 hosting Bay Area United. UDA Soccer going after the Coronado Athletic Club. SC Union Maricopa hosting Sporting Arizona FC. Austin Longhorns hosting Alamo City FC. FC Denver hosting Provo Athletic Club. Austin Thunder hosting Daggers CTX, which is Central Texas. Rebel Soccer Club hosting Escondido FC. Sharktopolis, Shark, excuse me, Sharktopos Football Club hosting Holak FC. FC Folsom hosting UC Davis Club. Irvine Zeta hosting Capo FC. That should be a fun one. Azteca FC taking on Harpo's FC. And finally, Houston FC hosting Athletic KT FC. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is your opening uh, round scores. And now your second round schedule for the 2024 Open Cup Amateur Qualification Games. This is going to be exciting. This is going to be a lot of fun. Now, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can watch these games on different streams through YouTube. Follow the cup.us on Twitter or X because it marks the spot. And follow them when they are advertising if there are apps or uh, YouTube streams or even Facebook streams. On some of these clubs, they have their Facebook pages ready to go. So just be prepared and be ready to 
watch these games whenever you can. Uh, of course, any games involving Lansdowne Yonkers, obviously, uh, Pat Murphy and New Logical Tech will be involved in that. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to watch Lansdowne Yonkers being on the road and uh, having some fun when they play. And once again, here is the schedule for the remaining rounds of the 2024 Open Cup Amateur Qualification uh, rounds. So once again, this upcoming weekend, which will be Saturday, September the 30th, and Sunday, October the 1st, that will be the second round matchups. Round three matchups will be played on the weekend of October 21st, Saturday, and Sunday, October the 22nd. And then the final round will be played in November on Saturday, November the 16th, excuse me, wrong date, my fault, Saturday, November the 18th, and Sunday, November the 19th. And once again, there will be, joining Mesoamerica FC and AZ Frenzy, will be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 additional amateur clubs going through open qualification in the amateur leagues. So this is going to be a lot of fun, folks. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting. I personally cannot wait to see what we're going to have upcoming this weekend. This is going to be exciting. It's going to be spectacular. And once again, I cannot wait to get to these games. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fantastic. And once again, this is going to be exciting. And, you know, once again, uh, we're just going to have a lot of fun. We're just going to have a lot of fun. And it's going to be great. And we're going to do it. We're going to have some fun. Now, once again, this is an Open Cup week for the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. Not just because previewing the final and, of course, talking about what's going on uh, with amateur qualifying. But on Friday night, we're going to have on two guys that uh, represent the clubs that they cover or support uh, in Inter-Miami and Houston Dynamo. Once again, uh, we have from Football Miami TV, Peter Brown, and from Bayou Soccer City, Derek Stowers. Uh, both men are cover and support. Uh, the two clubs are going to be in the final, and depending on who wins, we will find out what's going to happen uh, from them uh, discussing their club. And what's going to happen now, once again, I just want to say that when it comes to the championship final tomorrow night, Wednesday, September the 27th, this is going to be fun and exciting. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because once again, we're going to have the best of the best calling the matches, both in English language and Spanish language. When you have a Hall of Fame broadcaster that has called multiple World Cups, multiple Copa Americas, multiple matches in whether it be in the Premier League, whether it be 
you know, South American leagues, even in Major League Soccer, the U.S. men's national team, the U.S. women's national team, women's World Cups. Uh, he was also involved in the under-20 World Cup that was just recently played called uh, the big uh, match winner uh, for the under-20. Uh, I keep forgetting who that first match was, but that's okay. You know, when you have Andreas Cantor calling an Open Cup final, and not just the Open Cup final, but he also called the sem- one of the two semifinals of the Open Cup. Let me tell you something. When you have that man on the microphone calling an Open Cup final, and yeah, it's with Messi, but the truth is is that this man is just unbelievable, and this man, you know, deserves the respect that he gets because that's all you know here. I mean, sure, you'll have other Spanish-speaking broadcasters, whether it be through Telemundo or Fox Sports or ESPN, and you hear them call matches, depending on what's in front of them. Still, though, when you hear Andreas Cantor call a match, you have to listen. And even though, look, I admit, I don't understand Spanish. I'll admit to that. I mean, obviously, when he yells goal, we all know what it is. But the point is, is that you know you're in good hands if you're going to watch a match, even if you, you don't understand the language, you know it's going to be done with proper care and professionalism. And when it comes to CBS Sports as a whole, what they have done has been tremendous. What they have done so far covering the sport here in this country has been amazing. The minute that Turner Sports faltered in their Champions League coverage before it got taken over by a new entity. It was very bad. It was very, very terrible. And you felt bad, not just for, obviously, for the viewership, for American soccer fans that want to watch, but Honestly, you felt bad for the talent being mis- being misled, poorly directed. Not know. I mean, you you felt horrible for them. I mean, how was it possible that you? I mean, I mean, I felt bad for Kate Abdo to be honest with you, because obviously she's a professional. She can only do what she can do for so long when she's being directed poorly possible that you have Kate Abdo in a studio with three other analysts and then you have Stu Holden with Steve Nash who yes he's a soccer fan yes he knows soccer but and he's played it before like his brothers played it before in Canada but in reality he's a basketball analyst he should be a basketball analyst and you have them in a different studio through the screen I mean that was ridiculous and that was stupid and then you have her being picked up by CBS Sports because Turner knew that they, at the time they were dead in the water. They knew they couldn't do it. With the people they had running the production at that time, not the people now that does U.S. soccer's games, the people then. Kate Abdo, I thought uh, her uh, at the time of Gucci Anyewu, um, and you know many others that were there. I mean, I thought they were a rudderless ship. Not their fault. The on-air talent, not their fault. 
it was the original the original production people of Turner that screwed it up. They screwed it up because they thought they can do or they thought they can be better than how it's normally done. And no, they screwed it up. And now here comes CBS. They did amazing things with their Champions League coverage since taking it over. They've been amazing with the with their Europa League co- uh, coverage as well through Paramount Plus. The conference now, uh, big time there as well. They're doing excellent with Serie A. And then the Golazo Network was born. They absolutely did excellent there as well. And then they said, you know what? We're going to keep pushing it, and now we're going to go on to the Open Cup. And look what they've done. I know they've only started with a couple matches here and there. Yes, they have both semifinals. Yes, they have the final. But now, and I'm stressing this with CBS Sports, I understand U.S. soccer has to be the ones that pony up the money to make sure every match of every round gets broadcasted. But honestly, I would love for CBS Sports to come in and tell U.S. soccer, here's the money for Open Cup matches. We will produce or at least accept the signal of every single match of every single round. Because now is the time to really get this baby back on track. And in fact, I'll even go this far. I would not mind if U.S. soccer would branch out some more. Because I believe that I'd stick, I, I would still, if, if CBS Sports cannot do the whole thing, I would still say stick with Turner through their Bleacher Report YouTube page. And yes, I would say bring back ESPN or bring in NBC or bring in Fox and at least have matches broadcasted. Every match of every round. I think everyone's got to chip in. If you are producing soccer matches, just open it up and say, you're coming back, you're coming back, you're coming back, and you're producing Open Cup games. You're broadcasting them as well. But CBS will be the ones to host both semifinals and the final, without a doubt. Peacock, if NBC wants to add Peacock for English language and Spanish language, by all means, come on in. Jump into the water, get back into the pool. This is what we need. Because truthfully, this cup competition is important to everyone. I don't care what Don Garber says. I don't care what the head of the MLS Players Union says. They are incorrect. They are wrong. They are full of it. I'm sorry. The Open Cup 
is important. The Open Cup is magical. If you are an MLS player or an MLS club owner and you're saying, well, I don't, I agree with Don Garber. I don't like going to a USL uh, stadium because it's not what it should be. That's a load of hogwash. That's just complete crap. And all of you know it. All of you know it. Because if it's not for the open cup, you wouldn't be making the playoffs. And you go into the CONCACAF Champions Cup. So guess what? There is a caveat, whether you like it or not. So all I can say is, folks, is that if you love the Open Cup as much as I love the Open Cup, you want it to succeed. It has to succeed. It's important. If everyone in in England loves the FA Cup, then we should – Everyone in American soccer should love the Open Cup. That's all I'm saying. We need to make sure, all of us needs to make sure, that we do not have any issues anymore with the Open Cup. It's a part of our lives. It's a part of the fabric of American soccer. It's another championship that needs to be taken seriously, whether they like it or not. MLS needs to understand. You got to put it out there. And I understand my rant about Campione's Cup. The game's going to start at 11 o'clock at night. And so there won't be any issues with ML, with the Open Cup final tomorrow night. But the truth is, Campione's Cup should not be involved, period. It should not. I don't care if they play it at midnight Eastern Nine o'clock Pacific. I don't care. Do not schedule this match. Do not even have this match. Do not even have a fake trophy. It's fake. Fake. Fraudulent. It's not good. Once again, it's just a stupid way of having another MLS versus Liga MX turn a uh, you know championship match that's just a one off that just wastes our time concacaf are the ones that should be handling handling everything that goes on between the two countries with the US and Mexico not this league's cup not the campeones cup and with the new partnership with conmebol the interamerica cup is coming back and that's a great thing because the last, Ameri- the last MLS team to beat a South American team back in 1998 was D.C. United in a two-leg se- two series against Vasco da Gama. That, my friends, that is the real deal. That is the real trophy right there. To bring that back, the Inter-America Cup, It's unbelievable. It's awesome. I love it. I'm happy about it. And all I can tell you is that it's going to continue to get better and better and better and better. So all I can say is the Open Cup, it's what we all are striving for. The Open Cup is what is going to be. 
and it should be a lot of fun moving forward. And my next guest tonight on my amateur qualification preview show for the Open Cup in 2024, this gentleman runs his club over in Texas. It's called Daggers CTX, standing for Central Texas. Mr. Michael Josh Guidry joining me tonight uh, to be on the show. Josh, welcome to the show tonight, and thank you for taking the invitation. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining me tonight. Josh, if I can ask you this, when we talk about the Open Cup or when you want to talk about the Open Cup, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to everyone at the club that wants their opportunity to make it and be a part of this fantastic tournament for next year? Well, for me personally, uh, I'll talk about myself first. And um, it was one of the first opportunities I got to play professionally uh, when I was young in the 90s. Um, so that was very important to me in, in the old USISL. So uh, I carried that with me, you know, uh, forward, you know, as like a very special moment. Uh, and, I, you know, I really, you know, would, would take players aside and I would say this is important. Um, for our club, um, and, and then I, you know, later you may ask about our league, um, having been an NPSL head coach and a USL2 assistant, um, I really wanted to get our league, you know, uh, visibility, uh, which is the Gulf Coast Premier League, um, you know, and uh, and really show that we have quality, you know, that can that can play in the in in the tournament. And um, and then lastly, uh, you know, I've, I've run a goalkeeper glove company and a few other things. And um, uh, one of our one of our pros that was with us for a while uh, went quite far in the Open Cup. So um, you know, with the USL side, so it shows that you can still go very far. Uh, you know, if you're not an MLS side. Um, you know, if you're determined. So it's a really exciting time. It really, really is, and I can't wait to see what you guys are going to be doing in this second round. Obviously, you have that first round by, and you're going to get ready for this uh, next round moving on. But before we even get to that, uh, talk about your club, obviously. Uh, once again, I believe um, it is filled with former military uh, people who are now uh, a part of the club. What is that like to give uh, our military vets? And I know you, we've talked about this as well. You're a former member yeah. of the military too. And thank you for your service to the country, of course. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously the team is, is headquartered in the North Austin uh, uh, kind of parkway that's in between uh, uh, North Austin, Texas, and uh, Fort Cavazos, which uh, recently, you know, was Fort Hood in Texas. And I, I spent a good chunk of my career. I, I retired out there uh, after 28 years in the Army. And um, when I was in the Army, uh, if some people may know this, it's it's pretty it's not terribly well known, but the Army sponsors pro level sporting teams. Um, you can look it up. It's called All Army Sports, and, and it, it applies to all five services, really, or now six, excuse me. Um, and essentially, if you have an elite sporting background, um, you can uh, apply. So I was both a player and the head coach of the Army team, uh, you know, when I was in the military. And, and then we also have a um, U.S. national team, per se, um, that is sponsored by U.S. Soccer called uh, the SISM team, and, and we go off and, and play international sporting events. So I knew each military post, notably Fort Cavazos, which is 
literally, you know, one of the, if not the largest post on earth, uh, would have a, a solid collection of all Army level players, which are typically former USL pros, uh, especially former D1 players, guys that played at West Point, and other good military producing schools like Virginia Tech and VMI and some of those. Um, and then rarely we have a former MLS guy that, you know, ended up in the military. So I knew that that, that level of player existed in the area, uh, having been one, having coached them, um, and all Army soccer having their camp, their one-month uh, pro-ID camp at Fort Cavazos. So we were really kind of tied in at a nexus of talent, and um, and it worked. Uh, you know, uh, at least four to five sometimes six to seven of my starters in the Gulf Coast Premier League were active duty members or, or left the military. So um, my assistant coach is former military. My other assistant was active military. He's since moved on. Um, but, um, yeah, the military is a big part of what we do, though um, we're kind of sandwiched in with a few colleges, so we were able to give some really great Division two and Division three players an opportunity to play. And uh, I think it's really showing in their college performances. So um, that's really the core of it. Um, we don't uh, – we haven't really tied in with um, an exclusive youth club, though we kind of work with a lot of the youth clubs in our general area and, um, and, and, and the like. And, um, and then I'll, I'll do a pitch just for my, my friends because it's also a military-influenced organization. But uh, I've also been the head coach of a pro arena team in Austin, uh, which was playing in Major League Indoor Soccer last year and is now back in Passel Pro. And we were able to pull a lot of really terrific players uh, with a really amazing arena experience, you know, up to daggers. So like our starting striker um, was just in uh, the MASL with the uh, Empire Strikers. Uh, So, you know, we, we were able to draw a lot of talent that I think other Pro development clubs traditionally just ignored. Now, I want to ask you this question. Obviously, we have West Point that has the uh, Army, uh, obviously mm-hmm. the Naval Academy, and the Air Force yep. also uh, has a military base. Uh, I believe uh, you can correct me. It's somewhere in uh, Colorado, I think it is, Colorado Springs. That's right. I yeah, the wrong. Air Force Academy. Yep, Colorado mm-hmm. Springs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, my question to you is this. Obviously – all three um, military uh, academies, I know they mm-hmm. prepare these people, men and women, uh, for being in the armed forces, but they're also collegiate players, obviously with football, mm-hmm. basketball, ice hockey. Uh, do they have soccer teams? And at the same time, are you able to take those former military players or even, maybe even current military people to bring them to daggers to perform in uh, league play as well as this Open Cup qualification? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I don't know the exact rules. Uh, you know, all three major academies, Air Force, Navy, and Army, uh, West Point, are D1 schools, very well-respected Division I NCAA programs. Um, uh, I don't know, once again, I don't know the exact rules right now. I'd have to ask one of my former West Pointers, but um, – they are getting into Major League Soccer in bits. Um, uh, we, we had a couple of Air Force guys that were able to get into the USL MLS, but there is a consistent MLS starter I know 
because I was just at a game with him there, uh, named Zach McGraw that starts for the Portland Timbers, and, and he was a West Point guy. Um, but um, typically what they do is once they commission, uh, they're, they're just released into the active force, and they, they have a particular um, commitment depending on what job they choose. Uh, I was a helicopter pilot, so uh, my commitment to the military after flight school was considerable. It was like almost 10 years. Um, but some guys can just do a, a small hitch. Um, but while they're in the military, um, you know, we can, they have the opportunity to play all Army soccer or in the case of them being stationed, let's say, at Fort Cavazos. Um, uh, the recent Armed Forces um, tournament, which I just described to you, um, was won by Army uh, this past uh, spring uh, in Tampa, Florida, or pardon me, in California. And um, the leading scorer of that tournament and a former uh, West Point striker, um, you know, has worked with Daggers and, 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 and uh, the Austin Emerald uh, here. Uh, so, yeah, there is a strong opportunity, and, and this opportunity exists on most near many large posts, um, uh, but nothing and nothing at the level that rises to NPSL, USL2 level play. There's, there's UPSL everywhere, um, and, and that level varies dramatically. Um, but um, I think what we're offering is, um, uh, you know, that tier one pro development experience uh, that someone could turn around and, and uh, you know, still market themselves as a pre-professional or, you know, a really well-prepared college player. So uh, as a, as a um, uh, example, obviously, currently the New York Rebels have Mr. Uh, Matthew Nosita, who uh, came out of the U.S. Naval Academy playing soccer there. there. Yep. So there you go. It, yeah. So, it, yep, yep. So basically, if yeah, he's done with MLS, he can come play for you. Uh, well, geez Louise, that's a, that's a major, you know, uh, change, but I, I would say I'll give you a more realistic, um, outcome where we had a major league soccer player, um, playing with us, uh, our former major league soccer player. Um, he was from Senegal and, uh, came to the United States, uh, played with the Revs for, I think about three or four years. Um, really didn't get very, cause he wanted to stay in the Northeast. He wasn't able to really settle on something that earned him a living uh, you know, being uh, uh, not a U.S. citizen in the New York, New Jersey area, uh, so he enlisted. And um, uh, when you enlist in the military, um, your uh, citizenship is is put on essentially a fast track uh, because of the sacrifice mm-hmm. and and uh, of what you're doing. Um, so that particular player, as an example, um, you know, uh, if he was around for Cavazos, he could just you know. Uh, outside of his military duties, he could find us. He could find the uh, post soccer team, uh, which there are, you know, uh, uh, post soccer teams uh, uh, that represent each base. Um, the world's largest military soccer tournament was just held a couple weeks ago in San Antonio, um, and and you can play on that. I, I can't say the level is anything an MLS guy would get much out of, but um, obviously in tier, you know, tier one pro development you know, USL2 level play, they would still get something really good. Um, you know, we're looking at more of the college age player, um, giving some pros a place to hang out. You know, uh, I've got a former uh, NISA player that just signed with us and, and he's looking to jump right back into NISA. So, um, yeah, if that if you have the time and your duties allow it, 
uh, regardless of, of what, you know, rank or where you went, um, if you can play, you can play and, and you can come out with us. Right. No, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun, obviously. Um, let's go ahead and move on and preview your opponent. You're going to be taking on the Austin Thunder. You'll be on the road at Austin Thunder. Uh, for those of us that not, are not uh, aware or familiar with them, unless you're from the Austin area, what do you have to be worried about, and uh, or what do you feel that you have an advantage of uh, against them for your uh, second-round matchup to preview it? Well, yeah, and, and uh, I'll give you, I'll give you something that humbled us. So, um, uh, another team in our division uh, that just got promoted to USL two uh, from the Gulf Coast Premier League. So they're they're going into USL two next year, um, and made it to the Gulf Coast Premier League finals. Um, they just uh, went up against the UPSL team in San Antonio and and, and lost. Um, so. Um, number one, uh, regardless of the background of the team, which uh, the team comes from the Austin Men's Soccer Association, which is essentially the largest men's league in Austin. So not really known for pumping out, you know, uh, world beaters. Uh, I'm not trying to insult them. I'm just saying that that's, that's, you know, what's happening. But Austin, Texas is very unique in that it can draw um, very talented players as guest stars and the like uh, because it's such a great place to live. So, we anticipate um, a few of their recruits having solid collegiate, you know, men's amateur, maybe some pro experience. Um, I've got a lot of scouting about them, and uh, they, they're very similar to a uh, divisional opponent we had in the GCPL uh, that played a pretty direct attack. So, um, you know, I think what we'll do and what we've done um, since we had the runner-up goalkeeper of the year for the league and in a solid defensive core is, um, is uh, you know, keep a clean sheet first is the object. Um, tournament play, uh, notably watching, um, well, I'll, just, I'll just say it, I, I really paid attention to the Sacramento Republic last year because uh, uh, I have a re- had a relationship with their goalkeeper, Danny Vigiello, um, you know, who's a New York boy, by the way, for the Greyhounds. Uh, I think, I can't remember what college it was. He's a Long Island boy. Uh, but, uh mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sacramento played very defensive. Uh, you know, they they struck when they could, um, they countered when they could, and they and of course they relied on a very experienced uh, former USL goalkeeper of the year in Danny. You know, so and we have a similar uh, player in that in, in our goalkeeper, and uh, a very very experienced um, uh, defensive midfielder core. I have a former um, you know St. Kitts international, former Trinidad youth international in those spots. So um, I think our primary thing is that we play our game uh, and we stay humble and, and really let them, you know, come at us a bit and, and see what we've got, but we've not played them before. And, and it's really just local scouting that we've, we've developed a, a, a package for them. All right. Well, that sounds uh, fantastic. And finally, before I let you go and not to embarrass you, but, you can tell everybody yeah. who you're related to. Sure. Ah, gosh. I mean, it's it's a total shirt tail relationship, but uh, I am a massive New York Yankees fan, and for those in the uh, tri-state area, you know, I grew up around Ron Guidry. He was a big part of my family. He was very close with my grandfather. Um, Guidry is probably uncommon around the nation, but it's more like Smith, where I grew up. Um, but... Uh, 
But yeah, I grew up around Ronnie, uh, you know, my whole life. Uh, he was at my grandfather's funeral. Uh, for those that don't know, Ronnie was part of the Louisiana National Guard, which my grandfather was, uh, you know, the senior enlisted soldier for for years and uh, was a, a big mentor to Ronnie. So, um, you know, still rooting for him to get into the Hall of Fame and, uh, you know, hopefully do Louisiana proud. But uh, but every now and then, you know, my my last name gets recognized. My mother lived, uh, worked in New York for a long time, so, you know, he's still a very popular Yankee and you know, good old Gator, right? You know, got it done. When Absolutely. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Josh, thank yeah, you. Man. Thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. And uh, good luck in your second round uh, qualification match in the Open Cup. All right, man. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That is Mr. Michael Josh Gidry, Daggers, Central Texas, as he gets ready for his uh, qualification match uh, this upcoming weekend. My next guest uh, this is Mr. Armin Munivar from Rebels SC over in California. Mr. Munivar, thank you for your time and welcome to the show. Hey, good evening. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, thank you for coming on, sir. You know, this is a big moment, obviously, for Rebels. Obviously, you've the club has qualified in the past or attempted to qualify for the Open Cup in the past. What does this mean to you and the club when you want to get involved with this tournament that everybody in the amateur level wants their piece or their shot? Yeah, we're, we as a, as a club are super excited to be here in this spot. We're trying to elevate the game of kind of fourth division semi-professional soccer in the U.S., and this is our chance to to show kind of where we are in that fourth tier in competing up against uh, teams that are possibly in the third and second tier. That's our goal right now, to showcase the talent that maybe gets overlooked in many areas as they move up in their professional ladder. Now, where in California does the club play their matches? Yeah, so we are we're located in Southern California. We're part of UPSL South, uh, SoCal South. So we are about as south as you can get in uh, in the United States, in the Western United States. We're in Chula Vista, California, right at the border with Mexico. We play most of our games within San Diego County, a little bit in Riverside County, in San Diego. So we're the the west southwestern most of the UPSL divisions, and we play anywhere from kind of Temecula to the north down to down to the border. Wow, that's amazing. So you've played teams like Chula Vista in the past, haven't you? Team in Chula Vista. We are also located in Chula Vista. We play teams mm-hmm. that are like City Soccer Club, the Nomad Soccer Club, Escondido, uh, many other clubs that have been inaugural members of UPSL as we were uh, almost five years ago now. Wow, that's that's really amazing. I mean, you know, I always ask these amateur teams because we all know what LA Galaxy has done, uh, what LAFC is doing with their academies, these MLS teams, these USL teams. But when you sit back and you see all these talented young players that want to be a part of your club, does it amaze you the amount of talent that has grown so quickly in this country, especially in the Southern California area? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've been at this for almost 20 years on the coaching horizon here and uh, have coached kids who've gone through the academies and kids who didn't make it through and and then 
some of these some of these ones we say kids they're no longer kids they're they're players who've played their college careers they're looking to continue to play at a high level and push themselves and then there's a number of uh of younger players who really just aren't getting the looks at the academies or maybe late bloomers or not in the right environment and that's really i think the goal of of our club and the UPSL is to take a look at the broader terrain of the community and the soccer community and look for those who who want to play at a higher level, who have the ability to play at that higher level and who can push the envelope, uh, push the envelope up to the, up to the professional academies. We've got a number of players who are um, on trials in Mexico and in Spain. And so we're, we're, that's our goal is see if we can push, push all the players to the next level if they, if they have the ability to get there. So that's absolutely huge for us. The environment in Southern California is, is just a fantastic soccer environment with the number of number of players, number of clubs. At times it's quite cluttered in terms of the number of clubs. So the talent tends to be kind of pocketed. And I think a, a big goal of, of our team is to scan this part of uh, San Diego County and make sure we're open to anyone who's got the talent and the commitment and the right personality to play at a high level. I mean, we always talk about L.A. and we always talk about what goes on in the Bay Area. But, you know, San San Diego, I, I always hear a lot about how big of a soccer community it is and what they've done. I know MLS is going to be in there in a couple of years now with their expansion team with San Diego FC. But, you know, what does it take for you to stake your claim, uh, you know, plant your flag in the San Diego community and say, hey, look at us. We're here. We're part of the community, and we want to tell you that we are the best club to bring your child to be a part of this, or at least, you know, if you're a former player from a professional level, come to us, and we're going to make you uh, important in our eyes. Yeah, I think San Diego is, is a great community. It's turning into be a little bit of a soccer city down here. We've got the San Diego Wave on the women's side. We have the MLS coming in the year after next, and we have a San Diego Loyal working in the USL Championship right now in San Diego. I think to a to a large extent, the soccer is the primary game in town. Here, we've obviously got lots of other things to do, but from a sports standpoint, soccer and the and the the San Diego Padres and baseball are kind of the the two top tiers. And then there's this huge pyramid of how do you get players up to that top tier and uh, and that foundation of from a youth level, are you really focused on their development, um, like realizing that kids are not the best players at, at age 10, we want to get them there at age 17, 18, 19, and really looking at kind of taking a long range pathway for players, skill development, tactical IQ, how to play the game at a at a higher level, international level experience. So that's really what we try to do is, you know, build that foundation as strong as you can with the technical side, then start adding the the IQ and the mentality part of it. And so by the time they're, you know, 14, 15, 16, they're starting to look like, like young professionals. And really this, uh, the adult team we have at Rebels is, is our pathway to, to take some of those younger players and give them another another opportunity. Some of them will go on to play college. Some will will decide they've 
they've phased out, they've reached their peak, but for, for a group, there's a spot here to play and continue on your pathway towards the professional level. Absolutely. And it's going to be fantastic to see what's going to happen uh, when you go and take on their, your opponents in the second round of the Open Cup. Um, what matches in the Open Cup that you've witnessed yourself, whether you're there at the game uh, or watching it either on TV or streaming? You know, what games do you remember that made you say, well, this is what I want our club to do and this is where I want our club to be at when we get that opportunity? Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm a newer coach for this group here, so I've been with them just for a year. So we unfortunately wasn't able to experience Open Cup with them the last time around. But I've watched a lot of Open Cup and experienced it. And, and really what I – first off, I, I love the, the venue and the, the creation of the Open Cup and the this kind of leveling of the playing field where where any team that's got quality can advance. And I think that's really – that's our goal here, and that's what I love about the Open Cup is seeing these these teams that are maybe third tier, fourth tier, um, taking on teams that are are you know a couple tiers higher than them, and playing quality soccer at the same time. I think it it really exposes where the the breadth of talent that's out there, and the you know the breadth of competition, and I I think you know we're we're all in this kind of broad soccer ecosystem where we're trying to advance players, advance the nation as a whole from a soccer identity is a fantastic way. It's just to show how, how far soccer has come and how far um, some of the players who are not quite found yet in quotes found um, still can have high quality play and high level competition. So that's what we're looking to do is, is get to the highest level we possibly can challenge ourselves and, and play quality soccer all along the way. Absolutely. Who are your biggest rivals uh, in your league right now? Well, we have a super competitive league here in kind of our UPSL SoCal South. Um, that we've, we've got we've had rivals for a number of years. I think probably the, the ones we are playing this weekend is one of our biggest rivals, which is Escondido. Always a great match. Always a fantastic atmosphere. Um, usually lots of goals. Um, the They've been a, a really good competitive uh, competition for us for, for a number of years. Uh, we've always had good battles against um, uh, nomads who've been here for quite some time as well. Um, Chula Vista FC, which has changed their name this this year, always a quality team. Um, and we've always had good competition with the, with the teams up in Temecula, the city SC in Temecula. I'd say this team we're playing uh, uh, this Sunday for our second round. Is probably our our top level competition. We always seem to be battling for for the top three spaces with Escondido. For those of us not familiar with them, obviously, but you know, as you said, this is this is your uh, big time uh, opponent, obviously, and you know what is going to be the thing that we're going to have to watch out for if this hopefully your match is streamed obviously but you know what what should we what should we be looking for when you're battling against Escondido FC in the second round and what do we have to be weary about or even you <laughs> yeah good great question yeah the match should be streamed um and we can get get some links posted out for that i think uh Escondido has always been a a team that's got good quality, a little bit older, experienced, more experienced players. Some have quite a bit of professional experience. 
Um, they tend to manage the game quite well, and critical moments tend to define the game. I think our, our squad has been a little bit younger, and we're kind of trying to build our maturity into the game. So I think what, we, what we'll see is, is good attacking soccer from both teams. It's who can, can control those kind of critical moments on, on both boxes. Um, I fully expect that we'd have a, a fairly high-scoring match out of it. So there will be lots of attacking play. And I think it's really who's going to be the most critical um, in either defending those, those attacks or taking advantage of the opportunities that, um, on the attacking side of it. And just to talk about the UPSL where you are, not, not just the conference you play in, but what has been so positive about the United Premier Soccer League that is such a filled with competition up and down uh, the California, your conference, the, the region, even nationally? I mean, what is it about the UPSL for you that makes it such a very, very competitive league? Yeah, I think it, in large part it's um, – quite democratic is the way I would describe it in that the entry entry into UPSL is not insurmountable in terms of cost of entry, which virtually every, every league above the UPSL in the third or second or the first tier is quite a select uh, financially select group that can, can enter. So it's quite democratic. There's lots, there's, I think over, over 200 teams in the United States playing the UPSL and then, in our region, there's probably on the order of uh, between ourselves, Orange County and Los Angeles, probably on the on the order of uh, 40, 40 teams in the UPSL. So, so that kind of democ- democratization of the sport allows a lot more talent to participate. So that's been quite good. Um, yeah, and I think that that's probably the the number one thing is that it's a it's a relatively um, inexpensive entry. There's still costs involved for sure. It's amateur soccer, so we're not making we're not making much money out of this. So we're not making any money. All the money that we make goes back into the club. But there's very little in terms of of ticket sales and and uh, and jersey sales that that provide revenue. So it's all really kind of from uh, Jesse Acevedo, who who kind of manages the club, and from myself as a coach. Everything we do is volunteer. We're volunteer coaches. We're volunteer managers. The players are volunteer. Um, they pay very little to, to participate. So we're we're really kind of taking that amateur level, and I think that's what you see across UPSL. Is there's there's a it creates a there's a bit of a vacuum, I'd say, from academy level, like under 19 academy level, to to professional level. And I think that's what the UPSL does quite well in serving and filling that vacuum of between academy and and uh, and professional. It's also a home for for some of those former professionals who no longer have aged out or no longer well, have contracts. They can be playing in the UPSL either when they're looking for their next contract or just continue to play at a high level um, in in a fourth tier soccer. So I think it's been quite fantastic from that standpoint. Certainly there's improvements we'd want to see with the, with kind of the organization. And I think from my standpoint, my goal is um, how do we do a better job of professionalizing the fourth tier of, of, of U.S. soccer, which is where UPSL sits? How do we increase the standards? How do we increase the level of play? 
the professionalism of that part of the game. Absolutely, and uh, I cannot wait to see what you guys are going to do um, as we get ready for these uh, big weekend matchups, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But, Mr. Uh, Munivar, thank you for, very much for your time. I really do appreciate you coming on to talk about uh, Rebels SC. Good luck this upcoming weekend in your second-round matchup, and uh, hopefully you'll advance all the way to the final round. That's our intent. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Once again, Mr. Armin Munivar, the head coach of Rebels SC, as he joins us to talk about uh, his club uh, getting ready for the Open Cup qualification round. And uh, as we get ready... Get ready for this big, big matchups uh, once again in the second round. Just waiting for my guest, my final guest to show up tonight, Mr. Ludwig Sanchez of Provo, SA, uh, excuse me, Provo AC. Just waiting for him to call over here and uh, be on. And uh, as we get ready to uh, have some fun here and. Uh, Talk about what's going on here with the Open Cup qualification rounds. You know, once again, you know, you got to give credit to U.S. Soccer. Look, I, I mean, I've hammered them. I know I have. I, I know I've hammered them a lot. You know, with all the negativity. But this is the one. But this is a positive. This is a positive. We just, you know, gotta be ready to go and have some fun. And you know. We want everything in American soccer to work, everything. Not just one thing, not just this here and that there, everything. So all I can say is is that when all you can do is get ready for a big tournament like this, to qualify for a big tournament like this. This is going to be spectacular, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I know I can't wait. It's going to be massive. I always love giving the spotlight to these amateur teams that, you know, want to come on and talk about themselves and talk about what it's like to – be involved in the Open Cup. And I want to let everyone know what they got to go through, you know, how they get their players, what's with this, what's with that, and let you guys know what the situation is. So all I can do is just do what I can uh, to give these teams their, their due, to give them the invitation to try and tell them that, listen, I want to give you your moment in the sun. Now, I don't know if anyone else does it outside of the cup.us, but you know, that's in written form. I'm talking about in a show. Let their coaches talk. Let their coaches, you know, discuss about themselves. And, you know, I want to give these teams their opportunity to just come on and 
you know, feel like they are important because they are important. They are important to discuss because they are a part of the fabric of American soccer, grassroots. From the bottom with the opportunity to make it to the top in the Open Cup. That's all I'm trying to do. Give these amateur teams the opportunity to talk about themselves and come on. It's nothing going to be terrible. Everything's going to be fine. Just talk about yourselves and have some fun. That's all it is. But, you know, if they want to be a part of it, you're more than welcome to join me. And hopefully the 11 amateur teams that will make it to the Open Cup for next year, I'll hope to have them on. And maybe it's a repeat ho- uh, guest that will come on and will preview and will review all their games. And uh, it, it's going to be fantastic to talk about them and get ready for the Open Cup in 2024. As we finish up 2023, this coming Wednesday night, September the 27th, we are restarting and getting ready to qualify for 2024. The American soccer calendar is going to get bigger and better, and that is why with the Open Cup, it is absolutely fantastic. Once again, we're just waiting for my final guest tonight, Mr. Uh, Ludwig Sanchez of Provo AC, hoping uh, he will join me tonight to talk about his club. And uh, we shall see what will happen here. And it's going to be a fun one and cannot wait to give these teams the opportunity to come on and once again, talk about them, give them their opportunity in the spotlight, discuss what they are going to do and why they want to be involved in the U.S. Open Cup. That's all it is, folks. Just give them that opportunity to talk about the Open Cup. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. I cannot wait to see who will reach to the final round of qualifying and get into the first round of the U.S. Open Cup. That's the hope. That's the dream for these amateur clubs grueling three, four months, one weekend per month to see who will advance to the first round draw and to see who they will play against in either USL League 2, NPSL, or a different amateur side not in their respective league. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be very, very exciting. Cannot wait to get that done and get that brought over here. One, two, three. It's going to be exciting, and it's going to be fantastic. That's all you can say, and that's all you can do. So get ready to have some fun, folks, as we are sitting down. Second round of qualifying once again this upcoming weekend on Saturday, September the 30th, and Sunday, October the 1st. Then we get ready for October 21st and 22nd, 
And then finally, November 18th and 19th, to see who will go into the opening round. And, of course, that will be the weekend before Thanksgiving weekend comes around. It should be fun. It should be exciting. And I cannot wait to see what will happen here when we get to it. It's going to be spectacular. It's going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully we will be enjoying ourselves here for this upcoming weekend. And we will see who is going to advance to the third round of qualifying when we get to the middle of October. It's going to be exciting and fun. I know I cannot wait. I know you cannot wait. And it looks like this show is about to be over. It looks like we're not going to get Mr. Ludwig Sanchez tonight. That's okay. I guess something has come up. So he's not able to come on and join us tonight. It's unfortunate, but sometimes these things do happen. But I do want to thank my guests tonight, Ira Jersey from Real Central New Jersey, Mr. Michael Josh Gidry of Daggers CTX Central Texas, and Mr. Armin Munivar of Rebels SC. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for joining me tonight. Don't forget this coming Friday, 2023 U.S. Open Cup final review show with my guests, Peter Brown of Football Miami TV and Derek Stowers of Bayou Soccer City. Once again, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care. So long. And bye-bye for now. Tomorrow night. Wednesday, September the 27th, U.S. Open Cup Final, CBS Sports Network, Paramount Plus in English, NBC's Telemundo and Peacock in Spanish, Inter-Miami versus Houston Dynamo. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care. So long and bye-bye for now, folks. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.